Stevens Point. Welcome back to Retrospective Aruni, a Live and Maddie podcast hosted by me, Amanda Shake, your local neighborhood Live and Maddie superfan, self-proclaimed expert, etc. So we're jumping right into things this week. We do not have a Twilight this week. Nothing really happened in Live and Maddie history this week. That's okay. Sometimes there are weeks like that. That's all right. We have something more important to focus on because guess what? It's Christmas this week. So of course, on this episode, we are going to be talking about the holiday episodes and holiday meaning winter holiday because they're not all Christmas. Three are Christmas. One is New Year's. Of course, there were Halloween episodes. I just need to, you know, specify. So we went through all the Halloween episodes. Today, we're going to be doing something similar with the winter holiday episodes. And similarly to that, I don't really have a standout. Well, okay, I had a standout favorite of the Halloweens, um, but I wasn't really ranking them like I was like with the, the season finales. And here it's pretty, pretty similar where I don't really have a standout favorite. And maybe as we talk about them, I'll get into maybe things I prefer about one episode to another. But this is more just to discuss them and to analyze them rather than to rank them. Because again, I don't really have a specific hierarchy when it comes to these episodes. So let's jump right in. Season one's Christmas episode was called Fala La Rooney. And I have not talked about the first time I watched this episode. And actually this one was, um, or at least I don't think I have. Uh, this one was actually pretty memorable for me because I watched this one a little bit out of order because, and we'll talk about this a little more later. We've talked about this before, how usually seasonal episodes, I feel like they don't always like play into the the bigger plot of the season because they're only on once a year usually around that time of year and if you're just a casual watcher and you miss that episode when you're watching you know the other 11 months of the year if if something really important happened then you may get kind of lost and usually again that just the plot of the episode just has to do with the holiday more often than not that's i thought that was the case most of the time that's not necessarily always true as i would later find out so yeah there are some exceptions to this rule but most of the time if you watch the holiday episode and maybe you're not all caught up on the show then it's there's probably not a problem with it so I actually watched this before I was caught up on the show. I think this was still at the point, well, actually no, because I had a catch-up day in November of 2013, if I'm remembering correctly. So I don't know how many episodes behind I was, but I was definitely not all caught up because I didn't get caught up all the way until winter break. So I had seen more than just the first two episodes, but again, I wasn't all caught up. So anyway, uh, I very vividly remember this day. It was a few days before my birthday. I'm pretty sure my mom and I went to a restaurant, a local restaurant called The Flying V. We ran into our our friends, our neighbors at dinner, and we were kind of in a hurry because I wanted to make it home to watch the new Wander Over Yonder, which was The Gift, I believe. It was the the Christmas episode. And this episode of Living Maddie was on afterwards. And I thought, well, I could just stick around and watch this because, again, it's probably not going to like throw me off with order because it's a holiday episode and it'll help me get a little bit more ahead. So uh, I did that and I remember, I feel like I wasn't, I must not have been focusing that well uh, watching this episode. So uh, to sum up the plot of this episode a little bit, Liv is performing at the Stevens Point tree lighting as she's going to be performing with this young girl named Jenny Keen, who 
Jenny Keene is the name of, uh, I believe she's a writer on the show. So that's a fun, fun little nod there. Uh, and she seems like this sweet little angel, but she's actually like a huge rat. And the only one who knows that is Liv and no one will believe her when she, when she tells them. Uh, also going on, we've got Maddie and Pete working on the lights at the tree lighting and they're trying really hard to make it this huge spectacle, but it may, uh, they may have gotten themselves in over their heads as they later find out. And then you've got Joey and Parker who have this little scheme going on where Joey dresses up as Santa, kids pay to meet him. They of course get money, but also, um, Joey convinced Karen not to buy Parker this toy for Christmas and Parker was upset with Joey and was going to take the Santa money but little does he know that the reason that Joey convinced her not to get it for him was because he already got it for him. Anyway so going back to Jenny Keen and Liv, uh, Liv talks about how the tree lighting when she performed at it when she was when she was younger it had been eight years prior uh, that was her big start. That's when she got noticed and got cast to be in the Mike's Muffler Shop commercial, which I must add that this was the first mention of Mike's Muffler Shop, which of course would later come back in season two in Muffler Rooney when she would be in the sequel for it. And I just, I've said before how I just love how every little, little tiny thing in the show comes back later. Like continuity is just exquisite. So I wondered at the time if, Liv was because if Jenny Keene was like this young girl performing with this big local star I was wondering if Liv performed with like a bigger star at the tree lighting and apparently yeah apparently I wasn't really focusing that well because it's pretty clear that she said it was just her but anyway apparently I didn't catch that upon the first watch and I was thinking yeah what if she was performing with a bigger star and I was like what if it was Hannah Montana because at the time, I was still I was still not ready to let go of Hannah Montana. At the time, I was still just not ready to let go of Hannah Montana. And I was still just at the very early stages of falling in love with a new show. And I just really wanted to, even if just in my mind, keep Hannah alive in one way or another. Apparently, it didn't even matter if I was wrong about what I was trying to insert her in. I feel like this was an important point in my initial falling in love with the show because I remember watching it and just... I was just starting to become a big fan of Doves. I'm like, she's just a great singer and she's super funny. She just, she really shine in that episode. And I mean, she shines in every episode, but this still being one of the only episodes I'd seen at the time, it really stood out to me then. So going back to the character of Jenny Keene, she was played by this little girl or then little girl, obviously she's a, a number of years older now, but then little girl named Ella Anderson. And I, I think it's funny that pretty much every character I've seen her play has been like a very similar character, <laughs> like this little brat character. I'm pretty sure she was on Ant Farm. I've heard she's on the show Henry Danger. I've never watched that show, but I've heard that she plays a similar character there. So I just think that's funny. Maybe she enjoyed playing that kind of character. So good for her. And speaking of Easter eggs and references, I actually didn't catch this one on my own. I got this one from TV Tropes one of the many times I was on the Liv and Maddie TV Tropes page. So they mention a family named the Griswolds. I've actually never seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, but upon looking deeper into that, I discovered that was the name of the family in that movie. So that's a fun little reference. I'm pretty sure that this is the first episode in which Karen plays the flute, which of course would <laughs> become a running joke and personally one of my favorite running jokes and like I said again every little thing comes back one way or another as did the flag twirling the flag twirling was I'm pretty sure introduced in this episode would come back in Champaroonie when she would 
woo the audience at the rally with that. Of course, she and Dina would do it. And I think that was Sing It Louder, Rooney. And, and yeah, we were introduced to many, many of Karen's wonderful talents in this episode. Another thing I think is interesting about this episode is Maddie and Karen uh, allude to the fact that Liv was kind of a bit of a Jenny Keene herself, a bit of a little brat when she was younger, which is never really brought up again. Uh, I mean, there, there are references to... Liv being, I guess, kind of stuck up when she was younger, I guess, talking about how even when she was little, she she would sing, sing it loud every time she said it and it would get annoying and whatever. But I feel like that wasn't really touched upon in any other episodes, which I think is interesting. I mean, like, I can I can understand it being a part of her character when she was younger, but I, I do think it's interesting that that was not referred to before or since. But yeah, overall, this is a, this is a fun episode. Uh, you get a cute Santa outfit out of live you get a fun performance or multiple performances out of live and and yeah this is a great christmas episode to start things off so fast forward to season two 2014 and we get new year's eve rooney now as far as my first experience watching this episode we already discussed that on our last twilamha how i stayed up extra late for it at the time that was like really really late for me but looking back on it that's nothing compared to how late i stay up now um because it was, I was like not sure when it was going up, uh, because the holiday episodes that year were going to be going up like within the, during this week, but no one knew what was going up on what day. And, and, and yeah, so, so that was my first experience with this episode. But as far as what, what this episode is about, uh, Liv is performing at Johnny Nimbus's little New Year's Eve celebration and Maddie is watching from home as she gets a package from Tundrabania from Diggy and they're going to celebrate over Facegab and count down till midnight and whatever. But while watching the special, Liv reveals accidentally that she kissed Diggy and Maddie is confused and stressed about this, but little does she know they didn't exactly kiss. It was because Diggy was in the robot costume in the Froyo Yolo video. Liv kissed his cheek when he was in the robot costume, blah, blah, blah. So while this is going on, we've got Joey and Parker who are doing everything they can to get a swan paddle boat. They're trying to finish this chores list that their parents thought that they would just completely forget about and not actually finish. But when they made this chores list, Karen and Pete promised them that if they finished it, they would get them the swan paddle boat, knowing that they probably wouldn't finish it. But lo and behold, they're getting these chores all done in one day. So they have to figure out a way to dissuade them and, and you know, hilarity ensues and, and they, they, figure, they figure things out. So going back to episodes being, holiday episodes being plot heavy or not, I guess one could argue that this, I mean, it, it, I wouldn't call it plot heavy. It definitely has a bit more of a plot connected to the overall arc than the other holiday episodes do. Kind of similar to Hauntaroonie, I feel like maybe even less so, in the sense that we have development in the relationship between Maddie and Diggy. But again, development is debatable because it's kind of a misunderstanding that they get past and they kind of come back to where they were before that. I feel like the only major thing that happens is that they quote unquote have their first kiss. And this is alluded to in a later episode when they want to have their actual in real life first kiss. Cause in here it's over face gap and on a computer and Dee Dee's uh, lips get frozen to the computer and, and so on. 
So that is reference, but it, it's just a blink and you miss it thing in that later episode. So, you know, if, if a casual watcher hasn't seen this episode, they'll probably be able to follow the Miggy arc just fine still. I actually, as far as whether or not this episode is shown year round, I'm actually not certain if it isn't because Christmas Halloween episodes more often than not, you're not going to see them outside of those months. But New Year's episodes, I actually think they may bend that rule a bit because I could have sworn that Girl Meets New Year's, of course the Girl Meets World New Year's episode, I could have sworn I saw it like on Disney Channel at some point during a year, I don't remember what year, uh, when it was like nowhere near December or January. And I mean, I guess that makes sense because like, I feel like watching something Christmas related in like May feels a little weird, but like New Year's is is not, you know, it's a little different. So I feel like it's not as big of a deal. So maybe they show this episode at other parts of the year. I don't know. Uh, I will, <laughs> in the coming months, I will see if it's on and I will get back to you guys. And not to go on a tangent about Girl Meets World, though we have done that before. And I mean, that show has come up. It's going to continue to come up. It's, it's, uh, it's very connected to Liv and Maddie in my life and in, and in Disney Channel's, you know, shows that were on at the time. As far as plot-heavy holiday episodes, Girl Meets New Year's is very plot-heavy. And there's like a big moment towards the end of that episode that, uh, not exactly, kind of a cliffhanger, not really, but it definitely plants something that is going to be dealt with in the coming episodes. So... Yeah, I feel, I mean, that, and that could be reason for them to show it year round. So, um, but if they don't, then it's a little questionable. It's like, is that, is that smart to put something so big in a holiday episode that casual watchers may miss? Um, yeah, so really Haunter Rooney and New Year's Eve Rooney, as far as plot heaviness, it's nothing compared to Girl Meets New Year's. Let's just say that. I won't spoil it just in case, um, anyone hasn't seen it, plans to binge watch Girl Meets World. This is yet another episode with a musical performance from Liv, and it is a original Liv Rooney song. So love me some good Christmas songs from Liv, but an original Liv Rooney song doesn't get much better than that. You get You and Me and the Beat from this episode, which it's, it's probably pretty high on my on my list of favorite Liv and Maddie songs. I'm pretty sure they released the single probably within a few days before the episode premiered, if I'm remembering right. And man, that would have been our first original song since Count Me In, which was like six months before, almost six months. And this, this was my first new live song since I was like officially obsessed with the show. So I was, I remember being very excited when Count Me In came out, but I was all the more excited when You and Me and the Beat came out. I listened to it constantly. Whenever my friends and I were in the car, I was blasting it. It is a bop. It's still a bop. And... I, I'm good. Listen, okay. Liv has Liv has the best outfits. Okay, I I find myself anytime I watch an episode saying, "Oh, I love Liv's outfit in this," and then I, I take a step back and I'm like, you know what? I love Liv's outfit in every episode. So I'm just I'm repeating myself at this point. But but here's the thing: I really love her outfits in the Christmas episodes. I feel like I don't know why those stand out to me. Uh, just because the Santa, again, the Santa outfit is super cute. And I really love the you and me and the beat outfit. Just this like sparkly blue dress. Maybe because it reminds me of the outfit that Dove wore to D23 the first time the Liv and Maddie cast was there. It actually is kind of similar. Um, and I, okay, here's the other thing. I love Liv in a ponytail. I just think she looks really cute in a ponytail and she wears one in this episode. So yeah, just, just a little side note. Um, 
there's technically another side plot in this episode and it is one of my favorite side plots in the show and it's so funny to me so Liv is sponsoring her first product which is called the dry by Liv it's a hair dryer and her parents are okay with it as long as she buys a relatively small amount but unfortunately there was a sticky zero key so she has thousands of these which was way more than she anticipated and she is doing everything in her power to sell all of them and I don't know why but this plot just cracks me up there's just so many good one-liners one in particular that uh I often quote and I will quote to you here being uh I I hope I'm getting this right but I'm sure I'm close to it hey kids are your parents asleep do you know where their credit card is (laughs) Oh, man. So uh, you guys know my friend Janelle, who has been on the show before, uh, my living Maddie buddy. And of course, we quote the show to no end. But that's one of the quotes that we reference the most. And every year on New Year's, I text her and I say, don't forget to buy your drive-by live. And she's like, don't worry, I have my parents' credit card. And we just always joke about the sticky zero key. And it's it just cracks me up. So uh, again, I was saying that like as we go through these, I'll see like, do I have a favorite? This might be my favorite. Uh, well, we'll have to wait till we finish, finish the discussion, but I feel like it would be arguably the funniest episode of the four and maybe like the most upbeat because not only does it have you and me in the beat in it, but it ends with that. That's like almost the last scene of the show. It's just a very high energy, fun episode. So yeah, I might say that that's my, my favorite of the four, but we, um, We'll circle back to that as we as we get further through this. So that is New Year's Eve Aruni for you. Jumping into season three, 2015, the Christmas episode was Joy to Aruni. So the plot of this episode, uh, Liv is inviting over pretty much the whole Voltage crew because they are stuck in Stevens Point for Christmas and she doesn't want them to be alone for Christmas. She invites them over to the Rooney house, only to find out that the mama's Christmas Eve dinner that Karen had led her to believe was homemade all these years and such. Apparently it doesn't really exist and she orders from a deli. Liv accidentally cancels this deli order because she thought that her mom made homemade dinner and now they are stuck without without dinner and they try to think what are their other options and Karen thinks like who is someone who can cook that would do anything for you and unfortunately the only option there is Artie and against Liv's better judgment she has to have him come over and make them dinner in exchange for being in his Christmas card. Then you've got Maddie and Willow and Pete. Pete as Santa, Maddie and Willow as the elves at Ridgewood High helping out with some kids meeting Santa and Maddie gifts Willow coal for Christmas as a joke and Willow's actually very hurt by this joke and they accidentally wrap this coal up and give it to a kid and Maddie feels bad about this, realizes that Willow was kind of right, but in the end Willow also realizes that it was it was pretty funny when they when they give Johnny Nimbus coal. And then Joey and Parker. Parker always gives Karen this coupon book for like free hugs and stuff like that because then he can get away with not actually having to buy something. But he accidentally gives it to Joey and says that he does not want to have to perform any of the things listed on those coupons for Joey because it's just a worthless coupon book. But Karen says, well, if it's so worthless, you know, why'd you get it for me all these years? So she insists that he has to do it or he won't get any presents 
So uh, Joey gets to boss Parker around for this whole episode. So on our last Twilamha, I talked about my first time watching this and how it was an- another one that was released early. I didn't find out it was released. I thought like I'd heard it was released early. I was a bit confused and then I found it. But when I found it, I was in a rush to get to LA and I crammed in that extra 22 minutes to watch it because... I couldn't wait another second to watch it. I was, I think I was a little late to where I was going, but everything worked out okay. But I just always, I guess I'm always in a crunch when I'm, maybe not always, but seasons two and three, always in a crunch watching these Christmas episodes. This is a fun episode because this is where Jembus began. Gemma and Johnny first met in this episode because again the voltage crew comes over to the Rooney Christmas dinner but as does Johnny Maddie invites Johnny over because uh he was just also going to have a Christmas alone and she's happy to have him join in on the Rooney family fun but uh she has a bit of regret later because she's actually sitting in between Gemma and Johnny as they are falling in love basically I know I've talked about this ship before uh I have an episode planned about ships so we'll talk about it even more then and of course I talked about it with Kurt on our last episode that Gemma and Johnny are just hysterical to me. So this episode gets bonus points for being the origin of Jembus. And they they only have a small scene towards the end of the episode, but still that that scene, it's not just because they originated from this episode, but even just their scene in this episode is hysterical. Talk about outfits. And I'm not just saying that because I already went into the outfit subject, but but still there's something there were outfits worthy of note in this episode because it's really cute at the beginning of the episode all the Roonies have these matching sweaters uh, they all say their names on them except Karen says mama and Pete says prime time and they're just super cute and I have all my you know my custom live and Maddie shirts and stuff and I've, I really want to make or have made you know whatever uh the Maddie sweater but I feel like I couldn't wear that like to events or like in public because then people would think my name is Maddie um which I mean like that's okay if they think my name is Benny. <laughs> like, that's not like I'm I'm deceiving them, but I don't know. I feel like people wouldn't get it, you know? They'd be like, oh, your name's Benny. I'd be like, no, it's from a TV show. Like, you know, but I I just I just think that's really cute. And I also love Maddie and Willow's elf outfits. I think those are also super cute. One thing that I noticed, or rather my friend noticed, uh, when we did a little marathon of these episodes, much like we did for Halloween, we did that just a couple days ago, and my friend noticed the stockings, uh, the Rooney family stockings, uh, and how it, it's, if you look closely, you can potentially figure out whose stocking is whose because there's a Converse stocking, which has to be Maddie's. I think there was like an owl one, which I feel like would would be Joey's, just, just that just has Joey energy to it. And I think there was like a cheetah print one, which kind of gave off live vibes, so... Once she brought that up, we couldn't stop looking at the stockings and we're like trying to figure out who's is who. So shout out to Christy for pointing that out because uh, once she brought that up, I couldn't look away either. Uh, a nice little, nice little hidden thing. I mean, I just love how they have these, these cute little traditions with the sweaters and, and all that. Um, going back to Maddie and Willow's plot. Uh, again, I mentioned a little girl who accidentally gets cold. That little girl uh, you may know as Ariana Greenblatt who, if you've watched the show Stuck in the Middle, she was on that show, and she's actually been in a lot else. Uh, She's, like, kind of skyrocketing lately, and props to her, because that's awesome. 
Um, she was in, she plays young Gamora in Avengers Infinity War. And she, I believe, was the voice of young Velma in the new movie Scoob, the new Scooby-Doo movie. She was in the one and only Ivan, which is on Disney+. And I, I'm sure, I, I know she's got some other projects lined up. I, and I feel like there was maybe some other Disney Channel stuff she was on. She's done a lot, though. Um, and this was one of the first things that I saw her in. So um, that's cool and good for her. So yeah, this is a this is a fun episode. Uh, lots of laughs, like I said, of course, with especially with with Johnny and Gemma. I'm still gonna have to think about that ranking. I think New Year's Eve stays stays my top because again, I think the drive I live puts it over the top just because that's one of my favorite side plots. Do I dock points for this episode for debatably being a live and arty episode because I am not on board with that ship? Here's the thing: I had this episode on I think last night even though I just watched it like the day before. This is the one that I caught the most on TV this season. I've probably watched it like four times now. Um, I had it on during dinner with my mom and when Liv invites Artie to stay for Christmas dinner at the end of the episode, I said to my mom, don't let this convince you that John and Ron are right about Liv and Artie being a couple. And she said, oh, I'm on board with them. I'm like, don't you dare. I know she loves Holden. So if I reminded her about Holden, I should have. I'm going to have to go back and start that conversation again and say, hey, even if you're okay with this ship, think about what ship it is invalidating. Not that she should be on board with Liv and Artie, but if that if that's what I have to do to get her to distance herself from it, then that's what I have to do. So finally, we have our season four Christmas episode premiered in 2016. This is Callie Christmas Aruni. So plot of this episode, Maddie is homesick, doesn't really like the way California does Christmas. It's just too... California for her. So Liv does everything she can to make it a Wisconsin Christmas for her. Joey is once again playing the role of Santa, this time at the mall, and he is entering a Best Santa contest. And what do you know? He's up against the one and only Todd Stetson, uh, who is also trying to be the Best Santa. And we're going to come back to that. So Put a pin in that, as, as the agent in, in the movie Bolt says. Put a pin in it. Anyway, then we have Parker and Ruby, and Ruby has never experienced a snow day. So Parker basically makes a snow... Well, he quite literally makes a snow day for her. He has Johnny Nimbus record a fake weather announcement to say that their school is closed, and then he makes snow because, you know, Dr. P at work. So, yeah, there's a lot to talk about in this episode. So, anyway, first of all, let's start with Liv and Maddie themselves, their their plot. So, you guys know how much I love the relationship between Liv and Maddie. And Liv is just so giving. Uh, Maddie is too, but Liv, this is just kind of more of Liv's character to be very outwardly giving. And... This is not the first time that she's gone out of her way to do something like this for Maddie. Like you have Space Werewolf or any where she did her own stunts um, to help Maddie and to help convince her that fear is just another reason to try harder. And then, of course, you have Gift Rooney when she ruined their meativersary gift and she wanted to make up for it. So she flew Diggy in to see Maddie. Uh, and I feel like this is similar. This kind of goes into that vein where... Um, and what's interesting is that, like, in those cases, more so in Gift Rooney, like, Liv had done something wrong and she was trying to make up for it. And Space Werewolf, kind of, because she, like, goes to complain to Maddie about it. Uh, and then she tells Maddie, like, you're the fighter, you're the winner. And Maddie's like, okay, well, 
we're both afraid right now. But in this case, none of this was Liv's fault. She just didn't want Maddie to be sad and homesick. So she wanted to do everything she could to make that better. And I think that's, that's really sweet. So this is yet another sweet episode between the twins, which I am always a big fan of. Maddie is especially funny in this episode because I... I think her her jabs at California are super funny. As someone who I'm not from California, but I've lived here for five years, and it's funny how like not all of it is necessarily true. Like, it's when they're talking about it like being sunny all the time. I mean, it's sunny. We don't get a lot of rain, and it's not like super cloudy. But it's not like it gets okay. Well, one can debate what's cold because as someone who's lived on the West Coast my whole life, uh, you know anything below 70 degrees is cold for me but like it's not again it's it's debatable but it's not super hot out it's not like 90 degrees out all of december here or anything like that we do have actual tree lightings not just palm tree lightings and i don't think anyone would have a christmas party at a pool but i think that's what's so funny about it is they like lean into the stereotypes and like the people you know John and Ron the people that made this like they know that a lot of this isn't necessarily true because they live in California I'm sure a lot of people who worked on the show lived in California their whole lives and obviously the show was shot in California but I think the fact that they just lean in on the stereotype is super funny and as someone who lives in California it's even funnier to me because like I get the jokes and I get their exaggerations I think the best Maddie line in this episode is when she says, I'm going to get out of here before someone hangs kale instead of mistletoe. And that just, again, she's right. Like it, it just, it just screams California. Like not, not to get off topic of this episode, but th there are a lot of funny jokes like that in season four. And I think about the episode with the waiter named Schnoop. And I'm like, that sounds so ridiculous, but like California is just like that. Like, it really is. Sometimes, sometimes it really is that exaggerated version. And I honestly just think that's hilarious. So going back to Joey's side plot and Todd Stetson. Okay, so uh, going back to my, my pal Janelle, she and I came up with this headcanon. I don't remember when. Sometime, probably before season four. That post-Sparf, so of course in Sparf, Todd Stetson and South end up hanging out at the end of the episode when Maddie and Diggy go off on their own. Uh, it is never confirmed that they become a couple, but like all signs are leaning towards that. So our headcanon was that Todd and South started dating and they became like Hollywood's biggest power couple. And when we heard that Todd was going to be in season four, we're like, okay, are they going to confirm our headcanon? And here's the thing. They didn't, but they also didn't deny it. So the only explanation for why Todd is there is that, I think we've talked about this before, that like, what does he say? Something like Stevens Point couldn't handle all this Toddness or like some, something like that. So he's very vague. He very well could have started dating South and ran off to California with her. I That is what I choose to believe. And I'm going to continue believing that. But what else I think is funny about that is that, you know, season four being in a different setting, uh, the writers had to find ways for characters that we know and love to come back. And it actually, in, in most cases, makes a lot of sense why they're there. I mean, thankfully, Willow was going to be there anyway. Um, I talked about that on my episode with 
with John and Ron. And then Andy and Holden come to help Liv. And then we get Evan and we get Artie and then we get Dump Truck. But I love that, like, and again, all of them have their, their reasons for being there. But I love that Todd has, like, next to no explanation. He's just kind of there. And I just think that's hilarious. And his scene in this episode... It's just hilarious to me. And I mean, Todd Todd is always hilarious because because he's the worst, but you love to hate him. Because again, he's such like an exaggerated funny character. So uh his side plot is lots of fun. And his side plot also includes Johnny Nimbus, who is another character that made his way into the season and again it makes sense because Gemma moved back and he's married to Gemma so there you go and uh this is not Johnny's last appearance in season four but it was his first and it was it was wonderful and then you get Parker and Ruby's plot and I can definitely relate to Ruby in this episode because like I said I've lived on the west coast my whole life first Arizona now California nowhere else and I know what it feels like to not I mean, I know what a snow day is, but I know what it feels like to never have had one. I remember, I'm pretty sure it was 2006 or 7, and there was a pretty decent snowfall in Arizona. And I it was probably the first time in my life I'd seen snow in Arizona. I'd traveled to some place with snow, but I, that I'd seen snow actually, like, stay on the ground. And, like, you could actually, like, make snowballs and make snowmen and stuff. Like, I'd seen, like little bits of snow in Arizona prior to that but again it didn't stay on the ground it was like practically like rain not that different but even then they did not give us a snow day <laughs> like I was like this is the only time this is my only chance as a kid to actually play in the snow and revel in it and I hardly got to do that and I think that's kind of sad but I I did have one teacher I think we were going outside for another reason and they actually just let us stop and play in the snow for a little bit. So shout out to that teacher, whoever it was. Uh, but yeah, I can definitely relate to Ruby in that episode. And I love that Johnny Nimbus gets involved. And then of course we have him, and I brought this up in my interview with Kurt on our last episode, we have Johnny recording his album of Christmas songs for Parker and I wish I could hear that album. I'm glad I got to hear Johnny sing a Christmas song at the end of the episode. You know what I just realized? We actually technically have one more winter holiday episode. It's not an episode of Liv and Maddie, but it's an episode of another show that features Liv and Maddie characters. I am speaking of Jesse's Aloha Holidays with Parker and Joey. This is an episode of Jesse that featured, of course, Parker and Joey. So this premiered in the winter of 2014. So that was during season two of Live and Maddie. This premiered about a week before New Year's Eve, Rooney. So if you want to, you know, put it into the continuity of Live and Maddie, that is where it would take place. So this is a crossover episode, but Parker and Joey are the only characters from Live and Maddie that are seen in this episode. And, and I'll get I'll get into that a little bit more in a second. But basically the plot of this episode is that Jesse and her her the kids that she takes care of, they're all in Hawaii. Jesse's on a new TV show in Hawaii. Joey and Parker become friends with the Ross kids. There's an erupting volcano, there's a curse, they have to save themselves, etc. It's a it's a two-part like an hour-long episode. And yeah, it's one of the only crossovers Liv and Maddie ever had, we talked about the other one in the Halloween episode being the crossover with Best Friends Whenever, which is kind of similar. It was two characters from one show on another show. So what's interesting about this is that, of course, it's just Parker and Joey. I'd say this episode is more, it's not, 
it, it's not really a half and half crossover. Like I'm trying to think of another of a good example. Like, I don't know, the, the recent crossover with Raven's Home and Bunked. Like, the setting that they're in is bunked, but I'd say it's pretty evenly split between the characters. And there was, I mean, not half and half, but thirds. You have, like, That So Sweet Life of Hannah Montana and Wizards on Deck with Hannah Montana. Those, quite literally, it was one episode of each show, part of a large crossover multi-part special. And this, I would say, is more like 75% Jesse and 25% Liv and Maddie. And I mean, the main reason for that is because it's just Parker and Joey. Uh, it is referenced that the whole Rooney family is there and Maddie is mentioned once by name. I remember that standing out to me when I watched this. I'm like, all right, they mentioned Maddie. Um, but that was it. We only see Parker and Joey. And if you're wondering if there's a reason for this, I might have an answer for you. So my friend David, who I have talked about before and who is going to be on the podcast soon, he went to the Queen Mary's Live and Maddie signing in 2014. I talked about the signing in 2015. I didn't live in California yet in 2014. Obviously, otherwise I would have gone. But he was there and this was, I, I assume this was right around when that episode premiered. And he asked of why she was not in that episode. And if, if we remember correctly, uh, she said that she had strep throat at the time. So they had to write her out of the episode. So perhaps the original plan was for it to be a full-on Liv and Maddie crossover, uh, but that was never to be, and, and maybe there's an alternate universe where that exists, but uh, that is not, not what we ended up getting. But we still ended up getting a fun episode, and, and it was interesting how it's a little bit different than others. And what's funny is that I honestly often forget about this episode, probably because it's not an episode of Liv and Maddie proper. It's not a full-on crossover. I haven't really seen it that many times. Full disclosure, I've only seen a few episodes of Jesse. I'm pretty sure I've seen exactly five episodes of Jesse uh, because it aired during the time when I was going through a rough patch and I wasn't watching Disney Channel and I just um, haven't gotten around to watching the entire series. So nothing against the show. It's just the timing just wasn't right. But I've seen a few episodes here and there, most of them being because it crossed over with another show that I was keeping up with actively. So I don't really have a lot to say about this episode because I'm not super familiar with the other characters. There's just not a lot for me to discuss there. And, and like I said, because I, I haven't really watched Jesse, I haven't really seen this episode that many times. I remember watching it when it premiered. And I, I remember, I think I've, like last year, I remember putting it on because it was on around Christmas time and, and I've had it on a couple times this holiday season. But yeah, I've only seen it those couple of times. And I have some friends that have watched Liv and Maddie that haven't watched Jesse. And I'm sure that there are plenty of people that have watched the entire series of Liv and Maddie that have never watched this episode, maybe don't even know it exists. Um, and it really, it, it doesn't have a huge bearing on the continuity. It, re it really doesn't have any bearing on the continuity of Liv and Maddie. Like I talk, I've talked about, of course, holiday episodes and their bearing. And it's important also for crossover episodes like this to not have monumental events that would affect the continuity of the show that they crossed over with. Because again, like what if someone, what if someone is binge watching Liv and Maddie on Netflix now and doesn't have Disney Plus and can't watch this episode of Jesse and something really important happened in this episode. Then they watch the next episode and they start talking about the crossover and they're like, wait, what did we miss? So I'm glad that they didn't do anything like that because I feel like that wouldn't have been smart. And I can't really think of 
off the top of my head, there really aren't that many crossovers that that do that, and they shouldn't do that. I think it's interesting that Joey develops a little bit of a relationship with Emma in this episode, um, but that doesn't really go anywhere. So, um, but that that's that's part of Joey's plot. And Parker and Zuri become friends. They make trouble together. So that's fun to watch. Another thing that's interesting to note about this episode is that we, of course, have talked about the Disney Channel canon universe before. And I don't remember if I brought this up in that conversation, but I've thought about this plenty is that there are, when you think about it, there are multiples of each actor, not each, there, there are a lot of actors that there are multiples of within the universe. Like obviously within Live and Maddie itself, we have two Dove Camerons, technically three if you can Helga, but we're not just talking about, you know, people who play twins, like Technically, in the universe, we have three doves, or four if you're counting Helga, because she plays Bobby in an episode of Austin and Allie. And, like, Casey and Recover and Shake It Up exist in the same universe, so you have multiples Zendayas. Ant Farm was never confirmed to be existing in this universe, and Zendaya had guest starred in an episode, so uh, there could be three Zendayas, but that's, again, never really been confirmed. But in this episode, we, I mean... Even if it weren't for this crossover, there would be multiple Cameron voices because of Luke and Jesse and Krog and Liv and Maddie. But it's even more interesting here because Joey and Parker interact with Cameron's character here and also in Liv and Maddie. So it's just the, the reality, the space-time continuum, what's going on here? I just find it very fascinating. And this isn't the only time where it's been technically multiples of one actor in the same show. Because again, like Luke Ross was not in Liv and Maddie, but he was in a direct crossover with Liv and Maddie. Like um, a similar example is in That's So Raven, Mindy Sterling was in the original show and played Judge Foodie, but she was also in Raven's home and played Tess's grandma. So yeah, it's one thing if it's in the universe, but when it's in the same show, it's just fascinating to me. I, I find it interesting. It's... Uh, like, part of me wishes that there was a joke. Like, I mean, they couldn't say, you look like my cousin Krog, because that episode hadn't aired yet. And if they said it in the Krog episode, then it would be a problem. Like I said, like, what if someone hadn't seen the Jesse crossover? But oh, it's just it's just a funny thing to think about. So anyway, yeah, that's the crossover with Jesse. And if you, my listener, are among those people that did not watch Jesse and has not seen this crossover, uh, it's worth a watch. You can find Jesse on Disney Plus and give it a watch and have some more fun with Parker and Joey and perhaps take an interest in the Ross kids and check out Jesse, which is something that I still need to do myself. I think I've come to the conclusion that New Year's Eve is probably my favorite. Um, but I don't think, again, I don't think it's that far ahead of the others. Callie Christmas is another great episode and <laughs> we almost forgot. Outfits. I I just, I really love Liv's outfits in this episode. And again, I know I sound like I'm repeating myself, but like Liv's, I think especially in this episode out of these four, I just love her hair in this episode and her just like her Christmas color-y outfits are just really cute. Also, I really want to make a gingerbread house of the Rooney's house. Well now, okay, because there are two gingerbread houses. We've got Enjoy Two Rooney. Artie makes his future home with Liv, but you know what? I don't think I should make that because that would be encouraging the ship of Liv and Artie, which I would never do. But the gingerbread house of the Rooney's house, may maybe so. I would just have to make sure it has an alarm that if Parker touches it, it, it goes off because um, he already broke one house. But I also know that I do not have the talent or skill of any sort 
to be able to make that. I can barely make a regular gingerbread house. But anyway, yeah, I don't think most of these episodes, it, they, I really like, I really like and enjoy them all. They, um, they all have really good strong points and they all have, um, lots of humor. Like I said, I love, like, Todd Stetson's plot, you got Gemma and Johnny, you got the drive I live, of course, and follow La Rooney. Liv is just super funny in, in her, in her rivalry with Jenny Keene, so... Yeah, these are all great, fun, festive episodes, and I love getting to watch them around this time of year, and uh, the day I'm posting this is the day after Christmas, so I would say if you haven't watched these episodes this holiday season, go and watch them, but some people turn that Christmas stuff off right after Christmas Day, that's fine, but hey, if you're listening to this the day it went up, or within the first five days it's up, you can still watch New Year's Eve, Rooney. So there you go. The season lasts a little little bit longer. So thank you for joining me on this discussion of the winter holiday episodes of Live and Maddie. I hope this widened your perspective on these episodes. And again, if if you so choose to, uh, go ahead and and take another look at these episodes. And uh, maybe you'll discover new things that you enjoy about them as well. And thus concludes this year. Our first year. It wasn't a full year, but you know, a first year of Retrospective Rooney, and I cannot be more grateful to all of my listeners and all of my guests and everyone who has supported this podcast. Uh, once we get to New Year's Eve, I'll, I'll give you the whole emotional spiel on my social media, so we'll get to that. But thank you again for supporting this first year, and we will be back in the new year in just two weeks with another new episode. Our next episode is an interview with Chris Poulos, the editor of Live and Maddie. We recorded it in November and we had a wonderful time. We have lots of great stories to tell you guys. I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode because it was so much fun to make. So don't forget to check us out on social media, Retrospective Rooney on Instagram, on Facebook. We are Retrospective Rooney, a Live and Maddie podcast. Give us a like. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. Our homepage is anchor.fm slash Retrospective Rooney and all of our other platforms are reachable from there. Anchor is also our sponsor and the means by which we make our podcast to shout out to anchor thank you anchor for all of your help and again we'll be back in two weeks with another new episode our interview with chris pulo so be sure to come back tune in then and thank you guys for listening happy holidays and see you later Uh